I'm Bob Schieffer. And I'm Andrew Schwartz. And these are conversations about the news. We are in the midst of a communications revolution. We have access to more information than any people in history. But are we more informed or just overwhelmed by so much information we can't process it? These conversations are a year-long collaboration of the Bob Schieffer College of Communication at Texas Christian University and the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. Our guest this time is David Ignatius, the associate editor and columnist at the Washington Post. I would begin this introduction this way. Uh, When David speaks, I listen. When he writes, I read it. He is one of the most well-sourced Washington reporters and one of the most incisive voices in Washington, especially on foreign policy and national security. He comes from good stock, for want of a better way of saying it. His dad was secretary of the Navy in the Johnson administration has long been known as one of Washington's wise men. His mother traces her lineage back to the famous religious figure Cotton Mather. Her folks came over on the Mayflower. His parents are still an active part of the Washington scene. They are a remarkable couple. Uh, David, welcome. It's not hard to come up with the first question. Uh, What do you make of this latest Donald Trump shocker, the firing of FBI Director James Comey? Well, it was a shock. It, it was uh, one of those moments that I'll bet I'll remember 10 years from now, just where I was when I heard the news that uh, Comey had been fired. You had the feeling of, uh, of sudden vertigo, of sort of falling through our government political space, not, not sure where you'd land. As we've learned more about it uh, over the last uh, 18 hours or so as we, as we uh, had this conversation, Here's what I know, and this is drawn largely from conversations with FBI sources and others who are knowledgeable about the administration and what it's doing. The Trump transition team began talking about removing James Comey as head of the FBI before the inauguration. They had serious discussions about getting him out. Uh, Trump had been furious uh, at him. Uh, for not taking the Hillary email matter seriously enough. Uh, she thought she'd given her the election. Then he was happy that he'd, uh, in the last days of the election, released additional information about his inquiry and said nice things about him. But but there was a, f- a fundamental uh, anger and feeling that, that he was not the right uh, man for the Trump FBI. In theory, this is a 10-year term. He just was in his third year of it, so it would have been unusual to replace him. And they decided during the transition uh, to keep him in the job. Uh, The judgment that was made by uh, Vice President Pence and others who were part of this process of staffing the administration was it's more trouble than it's worth to get him out. But that's that's the prehistory that they'd always thought maybe we ought to make a change here. I think as the focus on the Russia investigation uh, gathered steam, two things happened. Democrats who'd been extremely suspicious of Comey and had thought with some reason, I think, that he may have cost uh, Hillary Clinton the election uh, uh, with his statements about her email system, uh, began to warm to him and began to think that his investigation of 
Russia's covert action during uh, the 2016 campaign was our best guarantee of the rule of law, of accountability, of eventually going after Trump's associates if, if they, were, they were guilty. Simultaneously, I think um, Republicans began to really um, lose confidence in him and to see him as, as an enemy of the president. And uh, there was a lot of pushing back and forth uh, at the FBI uh, in the last few months. The White House wanted the FBI to focus on the leaks of information about people like Mike Flynn. How did uh, the news media learn that Mike Flynn had talked to Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador? How did the news media learn that Sally Yates, the acting attorney general, had come to the White House to warn the White House that uh, uh, Michael Flynn was subject to blackmail? The Trump White House thought these were the, the issues that, that mattered. The FBI should inve- be investigating these leaks, not the question of uh, Russian hacking, which Trump has re- repeatedly referred to as a hoax. He's been so dismissive of this as an issue from the beginning that it's it's almost as if you wonder why why is he being so defensive about it. So I think that was uh, what was on the table. What we don't know, and I hope we we will know, is what led to the rush to pull the trigger this week. The events of yesterday were strange. The uh, supporting documentation from the Deputy Attorney General Rod. Rosenstein was done during the day. It's an odd uh, document. It's a kind of slapdash, to me, compilation of op-ed pieces. It's not a reasoned uh, legal memo arguing that this man needs to be replaced. It's a a hurried document. People in the White House, except for a very small circle, were not aware that the president was about to uh, fire Comey. Obviously, Comey himself was not aware. He was in California making a speech, and uh, somebody saw on television that he was being fired. That's how little preparation that was done. So what was the, what was the rush? What required this to be done um, in such unusual haste? How was Rod uh, Rosenstein, the, the deputy attorney general, in a position to be writing this uh, memo making the case for replacing uh, the head of the FBI? Who asked him to do that? Where did that instruction come from? If you read carefully the letter from uh, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, he speaks about his own judgment that it was time for a change. There's almost the implication that he had encouraged uh, Rosenstein when he took the job only a couple weeks ago uh, to make this uh, one of his subjects of interest. Is it possible that Comey had come up with new information which he was about to brief the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee, his, his testimony in a closed session of the Senate Intelligence Committee was scheduled for later this week. That's the only thing I know of that was immediately uh, looming that might have led somebody to say, this, this, is, this is trouble. We need to, to get our, our arms around this. Uh, so uh, th- th- there's a lot of riddles about the event. What's clear, just to conclude this opening thought, is that where I'm told the uh, Trump White House thought they would be able to change the subject from Russia, from what they thought had been a, another bad Flynn hearing with former acting Attor- Attorney General Sally Yates uh, on Monday and changed the subject. To, um, I think 
the consequence of firing Comey has been to deepen uh, focus on that subject. And if they think they're out of the woods, boy, are they wrong. Well, so many times during the campaign, we often referred to it as the dead cat theory. In other words, if you're having a dinner party and somebody throws a dead cat in the center of the table, the conversation immediately switches to the dead cat, no matter what else people were talking about. And so many times during the campaign, when when the campaign appeared to be headed in one direction, Trump would throw a dead cat on the table. It would immediately shift the focus back to him and, and to a totally different subject. And uh, what you're kind of alluding to here is that maybe he did it this time. But as I watched television last night and watched the reporters uh, who were on the White House lawn, they kept talking about the staff was totally uh, blindsided by the reaction. They didn't expect this blowback. Well, how in the world? Uh, that That's just inexperience or incompetence or not knowing much about politics or Washington to be surprised at the blowback. I mean, I don't know how they could have expected anything else. I don't either. Uh, I asked one of my Republican friends who who's friendly— friendly with Trump uh, last night, are these folks living on cloud cuckoo land, as the Brits like to say? Uh, and, and this person said, yes, they are. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. They, they're just not getting the, the likely consequences of their, of their actions. I'm not sure whether, whether it's entirely that. Uh, you know, I, I think they have a very combative approach. Uh, I think uh, where Steve Bannon was on the ropes in the White House, Three weeks, a month ago, Steve Bannon's back. Uh, the the combative Bannon line is very much uh, engaged now. The kinder, gentler line we associate with Jared Kushner and Ivanka and uh, other advisors, I think, is 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 in retreat a little bit. And I think Trump is really hunkering down now for a, for a fight. I think the most significant piece of documentary information that came out of the firing of Comey is the brief passage in Trump's own letter in which he says, uh, notes that Comey, in his, in his language, had told him on three separate occasions that he was not the subject of a criminal investigation. Why did he say that? Well, maybe it's just the vanity of wanting to assert that, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Maybe... I think more likely it's to form a record that will then be carried on to whoever is appointed the next FBI director to establish, you know, in the words of the president, there is no investigation of Donald Trump for you to continue. It's been stated by the former FBI director that that investigation, though described in the press, doesn't exist. It's it's an interesting way, if so, of putting up a little kind of roadblock to the things that they would find dangerous. But, David, do we have any evidence of when and where Comey told him he was not the subject of an investigation? None, and I think it's important that that, that, that – Comey will say, uh, if he's asked, I suspect, that he can't answer uh, – now he can't answer because he's a, he's a former – uh, FBI director, but at the time he would have said, I can't answer because that conversation with the president was about classified information. The other part, it seems to me that the threshold question here about all of this is 
did Donald Trump fire Comey because he mistreated Hillary Clinton? And that was what was stated in Rosen, uh, Rosen, Rosenstein. Rosenstein's letter. I find that totally implausible. I, I, I do, too. I, I used that same word, Bob, in my column this morning that I, I felt it was implausible. The idea that Donald Trump uh, is crying crocodile tears for Hillary Clinton is ludicrous. It just, it just doesn't wash. Now, what, what does wash with me, to be fair, is the critique that James Comey had increasingly become an erratic, to some extent, self-serving director of the FBI as one uh, FBI completely misguided that there were technologies, tools, ways to do this that were better left secret, quiet. The FBI could use them. There was no reason for, for Comey to have staged this kind of big, dramatic confrontation. The phrase he used was going dark. And he was, you know, as on so many things, he was making himself a public figure, kind of crusading on this issue much as he – and I, I think a reasonable person would look at that record, as the New York Times did in a superb investigative project – that went over several pages that appeared a couple weeks ago about Comey and Comey's decisions and would, would make a judgment. Comey has really become quite erratic. That said, he'd also become the symbol of the trust and continuity that the investigation of the Russia matter would be, would be carried out. So I, I think uh, a reasonable person would say, yes, um, Comey was having his problems as FBI director, but even so, the cost of trying to chuck him out, especially in this hurried way with weird lack of documentation, um, was a mistake. I want to bring uh, Andrew Schwartz in, but let me just uh, ask you, you about this. If we stipulated that all of the things that you've just cited would be a reason to fire Comey, it still comes back to what you mentioned <laughs> in the very beginning. Why now? Why such a rush? Those are the questions I think that that now have to be answered if we're to come to some conclusion about this. President Trump wants the Russia investigation to go away. He thinks uh, it's, as he says, a hoax. He acts very defensive about it. He, We can only guess as to why. There's a, an excellent thing. I refer people to a blog called Lawfare, which has done a wonderful analysis of the possible explanations for Trump's behavior, ranging all the way from he's a, he's a tool of Russia to, the, you know, this is just accident of, of no consequence. But uh, he wants this to go away, and his problem is it's not going to go away. So if he keeps trying to bottle it up, we're going to be taken as a country to a darker and darker place. Before it goes away, aren't the American people entitled to know what it was that went away? Of course they are. And and they're entitled to a full investigation and then disclosure of that investigation either through criminal actions or simply a report. David, I, I want to ask you about that dark place that the American people may be going. Does this have a corrosive effect on the American people in your judgment? Well, I think when um, – our institutions are tampered with by the executive branch. 
We, we now have uh, th- three significant firings uh, of Sally Yates, uh, allegedly because she wouldn't support the president's immigration ban, of Preet Bharara, the very aggressive U.S. attorney who was looking into all kinds of things that involve Trump uh, interests, Trump political friends, uh, foreign policy matters of importance, uh, and, and now the firing of the FBI director. And when, when people see the executive branch willy-nilly throw these people out, over time, I think, they see, they begin to think that we have lawless government. This does resemble what happened in the next administration. Um, when they have see a man who is attorney general, our top law enforcement officer, who said he would recuse himself from any matters involving the Russia investigation, who then fires the FBI director who was leading the Russia investigation, people begin to say, what is going on here? And you mentioned a few minutes ago um, that Bannon is back. Of course, Bannon famously talked about um, the deconstruction of our institutions. Why is Bannon back, and is this more of that deconstruction? Uh, I'm guessing because these are it's this is inside a White House that's largely closed to me. But from what I've heard, the thing about Trump is that, that he he'll kind of go in both directions. Uh, He'll think Bannon's stuck his neck out too far. Bannon's taken too much credit. He's making the show about Bannon. There's only one star in the show, and that star is Donald Trump. Who's this Bannon guy? So he'll encourage uh, leaks, discussion, criticism, and all of a sudden the question is, is is Bannon going to survive in the White House? Then I'm I'm told that uh, in meetings you could hear him uh, needle uh, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law. If well, if something good happened, it must be Jared's doing. Jared's so great. All I read about is Jared. Jared must be so fantastic. You know, just sticking the needle in. I'm told he does that with Mike Pence. Oh well, we wouldn't want to talk about that with Mike Pence around. We know Mike Pence doesn't like to talk about certain anything he doesn't think is you know morally appropriate. Well, it's so it's just kind of it's like a jocular men's club, uh, you know, needling the guys, fraternity sort of environment. And um, so I, I, I think that's that that's a part of it. He's, he's putting it in the needle. Uh, I, th- I think uh, Bannon's tough guy approach um, must appeal to Trump, especially when Trump's on the ropes. Yeah. I mean, it, one of the things that we keep wondering is about the fraternity. You wrote about this uh, a few weeks ago about Trump might think of adopting some of Harry Truman's values, some of his his manly virtues, as you called it. Um, do you see any? For a while, it seemed like well, maybe he was going to do that. Maybe people like Gary Cohn were a great influence. Jared uh, and Ivanka had a moderating influence. Um, where, where do you see that going now? Well, people said to me after I wrote that, um, "Are you out of your mind?" likening Donald Trump to Harry Truman? I mean, how would that ever happen? I think the most positive thing you can say about this president is that for all his vanity, his braggadocio, his uh, really negative qualities, he wants to be a good president. And the reason I say that is I look at his national security team. After the, the misstep of appointing Michael Flynn, which, which he fixed, he appointed pretty darn good people. I think Jim Mattis is a good Secretary of Defense. I think Rex Tillerson can be an excellent 
Secretary of State, I, I think uh, H.R. McMaster and working with Dina Powell are a superb fit at the National Security Council. I think General Kelly is a good Homeland Security Advisor. So this is a good team. And more to the point, there's evidence that he listens to them. When they presented him with options for a tough but limited strike on a Syrian air base, Trump took that advice when people said, Mr. President, you got to be careful about North Korea. If you think you can, there's a military solution here, you're delusional. He began to think, okay, what's an alternative? How do I work with China? So I, 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 I see that positive side. The part of him that remains scary is the way in which he gets so hunkered down and combative that, that prickly, double-down side of his character when he's cornered rather than think about you know, how to make a reasonable compromise and exit, he, he instead uh, uh, gets more aggressive. And I think that's what we're seeing on the Russia issue. I think it's going to increase. I think we'll see the, an, an effort now to shift the focus to leaks and leak investigations, leak prosecutions. Uh, I think that will be in part an effort to go after the previous administration. And, you know, one thing Donald Trump is comfortable about is running against Hillary Clinton and the Obama team. He does it every chance he can get. So I think we'll see more of that. Well, do you feel, I don't want to overstate this, but it seems to me that he had a lot of things he needed to get done in the next month or so. He's he's leaving Friday, uh, Friday week, I guess to go to the Middle East on his first foreign trip. I don't see that this helps that very much. I mean, he's going just after firing Comey, and, and that's bound to raise questions in every capital that he goes to. Maybe I'm putting too much importance on this. He's trying to put together something to replace Obamacare. I don't see how that is helped by this. I don't see how his economic plans and the tax cut is helped by this this new controversy. Has he put his presidency on the line here? Is his presidency now in peril, David? I think it's too early to say that. For example, I think his trip to Saudi Arabia and Israel will be very successful. The Saudi Arabia part has been carefully set. The Saudis and other Gulf Arabs uh, are huge fans of Donald Trump. They think he's great. Mm-hmm. They think at last we have an American president who's in lecturing us about human rights and this and that and who's prepared to stand with us against Iran and has our back. So there's actually a new wave of you know, pro-American, pro-Trump sentiment uh, among the leaders of the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, uh, Egypt. Now that I don't know whether that's true of the people of those countries. That's a different a different matter. But so it'll be a very successful trip, and he'll come out of that stop in Saudi Arabia with I would guess some promises from the Arabs to explore the possibility of some kind of dialogue with Israel. I think their idea is, given the very weak and disorganized Palestinian negotiating partner, to instead have the Arab states be the the front for the Palestinian uh, issue. And so I think we'll enter a period in which there'll there'll be some of that dialogue. And that will will look good. The president will say, see, I told you, this is easier than it looks. He'll come back to the same uh, 
very messy situation in terms of domestic politics. The the health health care plan, the no s- solution site, the tax bill. I think they've they've got just terrible problems unless they're going to just bust the budget uh, coming up with anything that that makes sense. And then and then the Russia Russia investigation. The, to, to conclude on that, the president faces a dilemma. Is he going to try to bust this Russia investigation down to nothing? Is anybody going to be allowed to pursue the question of ties between Trump associates and Russia? Uh, that investigation, the FBI launched a formal criminal investigation of that last July. We know that there are at least some FISA surveillance warrants that have been issued as part of that. And we know that now some uh, FBI subpoenas appear to have been have been issued. So this is this is now an investigation that's real and moving forward. They're going to try to immunize low-level witnesses to get testimony about more senior people. Is that going to be allowed to continue, or is he going to try to turn it off by installing somebody who's pliant as head of the FBI? We don't know, and I think that's that's where before making any. Predictions. I want to see what happens next. But you know what's going to happen if they are able to turn off that investigation. We'll be flooded with so many leaks. There will be people inside the government that don't agree with that, and that's going to get out. Don't you agree? Uh, I do, but I, you know, I, my version of Watergate, I, the idea that the Washington Post toppled a president, is I never believed. Judge Sirica toppled a president. Our, our legal system toppled the president. Well, the Republicans and, toppled the president. And, and if our legal system, if if our institu- if our institutions of government and law enforcement remain intact and solid, and the Republicans have the courage to use them, we'll get through this just fine. But the idea that leaks that's not going to work. What are the people um, that you talk to in the FBI telling you today about how they feel about how all this went down? They are disoriented and upset. That's the simplest way to put it. And what do they think about the future of this investigation or the series of investigations? I don't have people expressing views one way or another about whether this investigation has legs, whether it's going to lead to indictments. I, people just won't talk about, about that. But I, but, I, but I am confident. Comey had become, by yesterday when he was fired, a very controversial person within the FBI. He had some supporters who liked him, and he had some critics who thought he was really losing it. And what was interesting to me was that after his firing, even the people who were most critical of him were upset by how this had come down. Well, do you, I want to go back to what, what you just, uh, just said. Are you saying that you think it is possible that Trump can just turn this off, that he can block this investigation? where it is, and we'll never know how serious it was or not. Well, I, I think the it, it, unless people stand up for the rule of law and insist that efforts to, to muzzle our legal institutions are unacceptable, yes, you can. I mean, that's – look around the world. That's something like that happens every day of the week somewhere. And, and the idea that it couldn't ha- – the idea that it couldn't happen here – you know, uh, we're 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 having to to reexamine that American confidence. I hope, Bob. I mean, I 
It embarrasses me to just even imagine that it might happen, but but it but it could happen here. And the idea that leaks to the press are going to save us, you know, we're going to do our job as aggressively as we can. But I think you need functioning. You need a Congress that is fearless, where Republicans and Democrats say we will, we will insist on continuous. You need you need FBI if if they put in put in a pliant um, instrument of Trump who, who refuses to continue with the leads that were being developed. Uh, you need FBI agents who go to the committees of Congress and, and report that improper action and and insist that Congress take action to. But that's that's what's going to do it. It's people like that in the well, institutions. Well, what do you see as what needs to happen next to get to the bottom of this? I think this is like any criminal counterintelligence investigation. It, it needs it's it's very slow. It needs to be done carefully, systematically. Um, I think it, it's probably a year at a minimum from being completed. So it, we we need to be patient. We just need to know. That people are out there doing their job, and that and we need periodic reports. Congress needs periodic updates where they be, they're convinced as our representatives that this is going as it as it should. There's a lot of super classified information that comes from all kinds of sources. Some of them obviously are electronic intercepts, but there are other sources. There are, there are all kinds of ways you learn about about these matters and uh, you know and and they will immunize people. They'll they'll try to squeeze the little guys. And will this come, will, will Congress, will the intelligence committees, uh, will they play a role in this? Or does it, again, go back, it has to be uh, the FBI that does I, it? I think the ro- proper role in the end for the intelligence committees is, is what they're there to do, which is oversee the, the functioning of the intelligence agencies and be a place where people who feel that they're – improperly being prevented from doing their work can go and complain. And I think people in the intelligence community take that seriously and use the committees, have for years, and I think they will here. Uh, David, I have one more question. You you talked about uh, it's going to be really difficult with the domestic issues when he comes back from the trip. But you also talked about some of the positives in his national security team and uh, some of the things that might happen on this trip. Do you see a coherent foreign policy taking shape in this administration? Uh, I, th- I see elements that are that are coherent. I, I think the idea of um, using the president's disruptive character to reset the table in some areas where we just had become less effective, less present than I wish we had been would be good. I think a more active diplom- diplomatic partnership with China is something every administration has wanted for the last few decades. The Chinese are doing more on North Korea now than they ever have. That's good. Why? Well, one reason is, is Trump scared the Chinese and then reached out and has decided to work with them. Um, I just was in Saudi Arabia and I saw a, a young reform-minded deputy crown prince who wants to turn that country into a very different place. If Saudi Arabia, the dominant country in the Sunni Arab world, could get well after being sick for most of my lifetime, that would be a very positive development. If we can work with Russia, the the last few years have been too dangerous. We have been too separate from Russia. Uh, So I think if Trump can find a way to work with with Putin, uh, not... Uh, you know, make concessionary deals, but but make deals that 
begin to stabilize Syria, begin to find a way for Ukraine to live as a, as a one country, uh, I, I'm for that too. So I, the, the idea that Trump could end up having a successful foreign policy doesn't seem crazy to me. Um, he's got good advisors and he needs to listen to them. But most of all, he needs to avoid, you know, being so disruptive that he blows up his own achievements on the way to success. You know, my uh, my experience on all of this, and I mean, I, I think even before Watergate and, and going through all of that, I go back to the uh, Kennedy assassination. And I have always felt that if they could have put Lee Harvey Oswald on trial, that a lot of these conspiracy theories that are still alive today and will never go away, a lot of that would probably have been put to rest right there. And we, and I wonder, it seems to me that unless Trump finds some way to get this stuff out in the open in a way that convinces people that, as he contends, there's nothing to this Russia investigation. Uh, I mean, one of the things I'd like to know is why he doesn't take it seriously. Why is it he, many times during the campaign, often appeared to be an apologist for Putin. I'm not saying he was, but I mean, to me, he came off off that way. Unless he's able to put that to rest, it seems to me this is going to haunt him for the rest of his presidency in one way or another. I think you're exactly right. That's the, the best argument for doing this in as transparent a way as possible is if you don't, there will be some people who will never begin to accept any achievements by this president will always think they're tainted uh, product of foreign manipulation it's it's a dangerous couldn't agree more well david ignatius we want to thank you you always bring a lot to the table uh whatever table you where you happen to be sitting and uh, we appreciate you being at ours today and hope we'll see thank you, you again. thanks bob and andrew for andrew schwartz this is bob schaefer thanks for listening Is it a physical attraction? Mm-hmm. Is it sexual satisfaction? Is it long life together? Oh, going through all kinds of weather. Is it holding each other's hands? Making all kinds of plans. Never, never saying goodbye. Never, never making each other cry Love is all the above That's what love is Love is everything Underneath the sun That's what love is Ah, All of the above Is it a walk in the park? Mm-hmm. Or is it kissing in the dark? 
Is it strolling in the rain? Is it joy or is it pain? If love really the answer, then what could be the question? Why do I feel this way? I look in the sky and I pray. Love is all the above. That's what love is. Love is everything underneath the sun. That's what love is. That's the movie. 